good morning, First Covenant Church. It's good to see you this morning. I'm Pastor Evan. Glad that, glad that you've joined us this morning in worship online again. Uh, this morning, if you're a guest with us, drop us a line on Facebook Messenger. Let us know that you were here. We're glad to have everyone here with us. I know we can't be together, uh, but we're still the church, and we're still gathering as God's people together, worshiping and glorifying his name. Uh, I want to also uh, suggest to you that if you want to stay up to date and you haven't been able to stay up to date, uh, I want to encourage you to connect with us. We use a service called Flocknote uh, that connects us through email and text. And so you can find that on our website under the calendar page. It's right there under the calendar, although we're having a little issue with the website this morning. You can also, on Facebook, click the sign up button that's right there on the Facebook page and you can sign up. You can also text to this, First Cove Lincoln at 84576 on your phone, and uh, it'll give you a little prompt to give us a little more information, but that way you can stay up to date with what's going on. We're sending out lots of communication right now, and we don't want you to miss out on that. You can also follow us on Facebook if you haven't already. Tell your friends to follow us on Facebook. We're also giving a lot of updates that way. Uh, for those that are seeking to give uh, to First Covenant in this time, uh, you can do that online, you can do that on your phone right now, on uh, you know, the website, on your computer. You can send in a check or you can use bill play, pay on your, through your bank. But I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for continuing to support us in this time. I know it's difficult, I know there's a lot going on, but we are thankful that we get to use those gifts for the glory of God's kingdom. The last thing I want to bring up as an announcement today is that we are having a Maundy Thursday service this Thursday evening still. It'll be on Facebook like we're doing right now at 7 p.m. Um, and we are going to encourage people to take communion at home. And we don't want you to go to the store and get extra things if uh, you don't need to. And so it's okay to improvise on Thursday if you need to. It will still uh, be okay to do that. But I just want to give you a little heads up that we'll be encouraging you to have those elements ready so that you can partake at home. But we'll do it together as much as we can online. As we enter into worship this morning, I want to ask you to join me in a call to worship. Um, I'll read the first line, and you'll see that you can read the following lines. The, the band behind me will follow with you on that. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works. Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will. And that we, being delivered from all fear, may live in peace and quietness. Through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. O God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on you, for in returning and rest we shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be our strength. Let's join together in worship this morning with our voices. Oh 
Let's pray together. Lord, on this Sunday when people were yelling, Hosanna, save us, save us. May that be our prayer this morning, that you would save us. That we would recognize your love for us and that you went over and beyond in order to express that love. That through your son's suffering, we can be redeemed and brought back into right relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that that would be our reality today, that we would experience your presence, that we would experience the saving grace of your son in our lives. This we pray in the name of that Jesus who loves us so much. Amen. As we continue in worship this morning, we're going to hear from our scripture, which comes from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that shouted, or followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. All right. Brace yourself for a children's message. Kids, get those palms ready, please. We're number one. We're number one. We're number one. We're number one. Can you imagine cheering like that? That's what the crowds were doing. We're num you're number one to Jesus. They were yelling, Hosanna, 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 as they went around. Wave those palms, kids. Wave those palms. Okay, okay, stop, stop, stop. Hold on. On Palm Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus came into Jerusalem like a king. And a lot of people were yelling like that. Hosanna, they were yelling like that. We're number one kind of cheer when you go to a sports game. And Hosanna means save us. Save us. So let's try it one more time with your palms. Do you have them ready? Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. Do some spinning. Hosanna, Hosanna. All right, good job. Okay. But something interesting happened on, uh, after that day. Just within the next week, from their yay, Jesus, all of a sudden it went to boo. Can you imagine what it would take? What it would take to go from yay to boo? I mean, the people had all kinds of things that they expected Jesus to do. And think about your own life, kids. What would it take 
for you to go from yay to boo about something. Let's, let's pretend a little bit. Imagine you wake up one morning and there's no school and you have a, a beautiful day and mom or dad or somebody, grandparents or whoever you're with that day says, you know what, we're gonna go to the park after lunch. It's such a beautiful day. And the minute you sit down and you're eating your lunch, excited to go to the park, a thunderstorm rolls through. And not only is it cold, it's rainy, it's thundering, it's lightning. You can't go to the park. And you would go from yay to boo weather. Well, that's kind of what happened with the crowds. They expected Jesus to do one thing, but when he didn't do what they wanted, they went from yay to boo. And they got kind of angry. And they called for him to be crucified, to be punished for it. But what do you think, uh, what do you think Jesus did? Do you think even when people didn't love Jesus, that he still loved them? Do you think that even when the crowd went from yay to boo, Jesus was still in love with that crowd and loved them with his whole heart? Yeah, he did. Even though their expectations weren't lined up with what really happened. And they went from yay to boo. And today, Pastor Jody is going to enter us into Holy Week. A week when we celebrate that Jesus came into Jerusalem, but we also recognize that sometimes even we go from yay to boo with Jesus, but he still loves us. And by the end of the week, we're celebrating. We're celebrating. Hosanna. Save us. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that we get to wave palms today because of your love for us. And I pray today that we recognize how good you are to us and how much you love each and every one of us, even sometimes when it's hard for us to love you back, when sometimes our own lives go from yay to boo. God, help us know your love today and show your love today. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Today we begin a journey, but this short journey is a symbolic one as much as it's a more profound journey. There's many journeys that we're on starting today, actually. The journey of, from Jesus uh, going from the back alleyways of Galilee to the big smoke of Jerusalem. We have the journey uh, from the synagogue to the temple. The journey from Pilate's uh, residence to King Herod's palace. Uh, we have the journey of the Last Supper, the final meal, and we have the heavenly banquet. The journey from Herod's palace to Golgotha. The journey from the cross to the tomb. The journey from the empty tomb to those skeptical disciples. The journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus and back again. The journey from creation to redemption. The journey from despair to hope. The journey from death to eternal life and salvation in God. We may have reflected on this journey of Holy Week many times before in our lives, but I never fail to find that it's different every year in some small way. 
Perhaps because I come to it differently each year, this story of good news reaches me and touches me wherever and whenever I, wherever I am, in time and space, it, the story touches me in such a way that I see something new or I'm inspired by something new if I am open to receive it. For Jesus followers, this week is a week like no other. It's the week which holds the deepest mysteries of our faith. It's a week that has a lot of historical drama following the last days of Jesus's earthly life. But it's also a week that is way beyond past history. It stands beyond history, filled with truth that is always present to us. Today is Palm Sunday. Jesus enters Jerusalem, humble and riding on a donkey. This is not a neutral observation in Matthew's Gospel. This is a powerfully symbolic fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy. It was well known to the Jewish people of this time. The prophecy that a new king of Israel, a Messiah, would arrive like this, humble and riding on a donkey. That was already widely known by the time we get to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew highlights for us, more than any other gospel, the fulfillment that Jesus makes of all of the Old Testament hopes. There's 14 times in Matthew where he introduces a quote from the Old Testament with a similar formula like this about fulfilling what was spoken through the prophets. Today's reference is from Zechariah chapter 9. This is the number 12 of the 14 references, and interestingly enough, the quote from Zechariah is actually a misquote. Zechariah says, Lo, your king comes to you triumphant and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. But in Matthew's gospel, the words triumphant and victorious are left out. So was Matthew just being forgetful? Or is Matthew perhaps trying to send us a little message, an interpretive key, if you will, to tell us, hey, this is not necessarily the king that you're expecting. The crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and that's reminiscent of welcoming a king way back in 2 Kings chapter 9. But, but Matthew doesn't specifically mention any palm branches, does he? Unfortunately, we tend to think of palm branches as a symbol of peace and love. That's what we assume anyway, but the reality is they're a symbol of Jewish nationalism, an expression of people's desire for political freedom. So again, Matthew's reinforcing the point that this is perhaps a different type of king. Still, regardless of the clues that Matthew is giving the reader of his gospel, the crowds that day in Jerusalem were filled with expectation. We hear them using Psalm 118 as they cry out, Hosanna, save us, save us, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So what did the disciples and the crowd expect that day? From what I've already said, we know that the crowds would have put a whole lot of symbolic stock in what was happening. So much is made back then and now about the crowd's messianic expectations that they had, that they were expecting a savior to come and overthrow the Roman rule, restore the Jewish political rule. No doubt that was true of some people in the crowd. There was that expectation in the air that day, but with any crowd of any people anywhere, 
there's always a range of expectations that people have. Maybe some were filled with hope for a Messiah. Perhaps others were just looking on in curiosity. Maybe some were out there just to have a good time, going along for the ride, seizing the chance to get a bit wild. Some were probably skeptical, some suspicious about this country bumpkin from Galilee that's now being cheered on in Jerusalem. Maybe some were a bit puzzled or confused. Certainly, we know that some of these people in the crowd were antagonistic. In a similar way, we're all coming to this Holy Week with a range of personal experiences. We may find for ourselves, this season of social distancing has allowed us to reconnect with God. Maybe we're feeling more grounded right now and we're more in touch with God. It's very possible that you swing the pendulum the other way and you're feeling rushed or distracted. Some of you might be telling, saying to me right now, ah, I've done all this before. What could I possibly learn from these Holy Week events all over again? We might be feeling a bit cold or lukewarm. Maybe you're fired up in your faith and you're ready to be inspired into action. We may be sad, joyful, or ambivalent, or something else altogether. However we come to this day and Holy Week, from whatever viewpoint you stand in the crowd as Jesus is going by, this Jesus is for you. Jesus is for each one of us. And this journey of Holy Week is not a journey for you to watch from the sidelines. This is your journey. As we walk with Jesus, we carry all of our hopes and expectations, all of our burdens and our struggles, all of our joys and our pleasures, and we hold them in the light of Christ. Palm Sunday is a day of startling contrast and confusion. It reveals to us how quickly we can turn. It reveals to us the stark conflict of our human hearts when actually faced with God. We can say, oh, come to us, come and into my life, God. And it's easy to cry out, but in the back of our mind, while we're praying these words, we might also have a small voice in the corner of our mind saying, ah, but don't come to us in a way that I don't like. Or, or don't change too much. And yet our Lord humbles himself. Humbles himself to enter Jerusalem. Humbles himself to feed us the body and blood. Despite our double heart, and despite our mixed and broken intentions, Jesus calmly enters our chaos with humility, unswayed by the cries of our fleeting affections, unswayed by our fragile intentions. And Jesus, quietly, in the midst of our shouting, says to us, I am here now. I am with you now. I'm here to save you from the inside out. I know you. I love you. I'm not afraid of your fear and your confusion. And I'm not going anywhere. Now that I'm here, I'm with you till the end.
want to invite you to put yourself in this story, in the crowd as Jesus enters Jerusalem, as you hear this song. Walking this path to Jerusalem and to the cross and to the empty tomb, you know this is at the very heart of our faith. It's a good story by which all of our life stories are read and find their place. And for us today, all I've asked of you is your willingness to put yourself in the story and be in the crowd with an open mind and heart. However, you're never off the hook with me on just that. 
I'm inviting you to journey with us through Holy Week. The magnitude of how these Holy Week events impact the future of our humanity must be understood correctly. We must understand what Jesus intended so that our own expectations and dreams are kept in line with the dreams that Jesus has. So I'm gonna, we're giving you tools this week and we're calling it Walking with Jesus Through Holy Week. Today you'll get an email with the scripture passages of Holy Week and how they correspond to our calendar days and the hours of each day. I want you to read these scriptures and I want you to celebrate. I want you to commiserate. I want you to contemplate the events that Jesus experienced. And I'm hoping that you can enter into a very profound understanding of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Each day this week, not only will you get an email today if you're on Flocknote, but you'll also get an email each day this week um, with just the day's scripture readings, but it will also include a short video devotional from a friend in the congregation. It's a way for you to connect with God by reading the scriptures and a way for you to connect to one another by hearing what the scriptures mean to someone else in our congregation. Try to imagine what Jesus was doing each hour of the day as you read the scriptures. Was he enjoying the last fellowship with his disciples? Or was he alone preparing for the experience on the cross? Try to put yourself in his place and feel what Jesus was feeling. Reading these passages will uh, do three things for you. First, it'll um, solidify the historical accuracy. It'll help you understand the disciples better, which in turn actually helps you be a better disciple yourself. We can be so set on our own agendas that we end up hardening our hearts against Jesus and what Jesus wants to accomplish through us. So it's my hope that you will join us in this walking with Jesus through Holy Week experience. It's my hope that you will join us in the scripture readings and in the video devotionals. I hope you'll experience an adrenaline rush when you read the entry into Jerusalem and the clearing of the temple. I hope you experience the tenderness of the final moments of Silent Wednesday and the Upper Room Supper and the heartbreak of seeing these people turn away from him in his hour of greatest need and then even deny him. By reading these passages, I've been able to follow Jesus into the garden where in utter anguish he prays and asks God for a different option and then resolutely follows the Father's will. I've drawn as close as I dare to witness the scourging and the crucifixion and the physical pain. And I've tried feebly to comprehend the abandonment Jesus experiences from his God. And as Paul says, ex the experience of being raised with him from the dead allows me to then reconsider and reclaim my own salvation experience. Will you join us on this journey? Let's sing our final song.
noticed in the comments that some of you want to get in on walking with Jesus through Holy Week. And we've, our moderator has put that in the comments section. You can click on the button at the top of the Facebook page. You can call the church office. You can text uh, First Cove Lincoln to 84576. And that will get you on our mass email list and you will receive the scripture readings for this week to journey with Jesus as well as the video devotionals. Now receive this benediction in the form of a poem. And so it begins, we walk through this week from palms now to resurrection, it's Jesus we seek. Each moment we walk through these days now with Jesus is time to see people the way Jesus sees us. To watch for the ones who need hope, who need kindness. Seeking the light, not the darkness that blinds us. As you walk through these days, may the love you now know be spread to each person you meet on the go. And may God, who now blesses and keeps you in love, whose face shines upon you with grace from above, who looks on you with such joy and favor. This God three in one gives you peace, life to savor. Amen. Go in peace. <laughs>